Lord, give me something. What is it? Anything. I just beg you, Lord, just something. I got ears. I'm going to hear. You know, I'm listening. I'm listening. And this is what I get from the Lord. Let me turn it up. Oops. Do we hear it? It's crickets. I'm hearing crickets. In my brain, in my heart, I'm hearing crickets. And I was really like, really? Really? Is this what it is? You know? Am I under pressure? As I... But I prayed some more. And I was listening to some of my Karis lessons, which was biblical leadership. And I was like, nope, that is not what I'm supposed to be talking about because we are not talking about that. But what I kept hearing is, he who has ears, let them hear. So I did some research on it, studied the Bible a little bit, a lot of it, and I saw that there were so many references on he who has ears, let them hear. But for me, in my heart, it wasn't our physical ears, because as humans, we all have ears. Hopefully, we all have ears. But in our spiritual, we also have ears. And in Revelations 2.7, English Standard Version, it says, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Again, Revelations 2.11, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And it is repeated multiple times. Revelations 2.29, Revelations 3.6, 3.13, 3.22. Let the Spirit Hear. Let your spirit hear. As we talk about the gifts of the spirit, as John, Pastor John is talking about the gifts of the spirit, open that heart, open that spirit man within you and let him hear what he has to say. For Revelations 3.19 says, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. But honestly, we can change that to each. To each who has ears, let them hear. Because we are the body of Christ. We are the church. And we all have that inner man to hear what God has to say to us. Father God, I just ask you to just touch every single one of these people here today. Those that are watching online. Those that hear what Pastor John has to say, what the worship team has to sing, that we will open those ears within us and receive your word. Amen. seated. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to Have you ever noticed sometimes in the spirit you get right up against something and all of a sudden it's like we could go one way or another because we could step over I mean really step over and that's a good thing 
Stepping over is a good thing. Step, what do I mean by stepping over? You know, it's hard to, hard to explain spiritual things with natural words sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to explain it, but it's, you know, you, you, you can use phrases like stepping over. And what do I mean stepping over? It's not a physical thing. It's, it's a choice. It's a, it's a choice you make in your heart. It's a choice that you go, okay, I'm going to go there. Well, where's there? <laughs> in the spirit, there is wherever he is. And you, you yield yourself. You say, okay, Lord, I'll go there. I'm in. And it's a choice you make in your heart. You know. And then you go there, then you go there, and then you don't want to come back. And that's a good thing. You got something? I knew he did, but I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure he was ready. So, uh, years ago, as a family, we took a road trip down to Florida. And we had an agreement with the kids that every seven hours, we'd stop at the hotel and they'd get to go swimming. It was kind of a reward to just be good kids. So on the way down, we can every seven hours, find a place. And it was so awesome because a lot of the places had heated pools. <laughs> so the kids were like, woo, jump right in. It was like, this is awesome. And this was like in November. So it was like, it was nice that there were heated pools. Well, then we get down to Georgia. <laughs> and at that time of the year, I think it was like 40 degrees out. And... Uh, we asked the people, what kind of pool do you have? Oh, it's just an outdoor pool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we go to the pool, and we met, the kids were like, well, let's, we, they put their swimsuits on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll put mine on too, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to go in. We get to the pool, and uh, yeah, I, I tested the water, and it was cold. And April has this great idea. She goes, you got to go in first, Dad. You jump in, and the kids will jump into you, and we'll get them back out. I hate cold water. So, all right, I'll take one for the team. So I jump in, and I'm like, ugh. The expression on your face is trying to be as calm as possible, but it's like, get the kids in here quick. But because dad was in the pool, <laughs> each of them jumped in. Each of them jumped in. So fathers, it's time to lead your family 
by you jumping in first. Okay? You have to be the leader. I'm not taking away from mothers because there's mothers that... I'm, I'm addressing the fathers today, okay? It's time for you to jump in first. If you want your family to pursue God with everything that they've got, you have to be the leader. You have to be. So if you want to come forward, is that okay? Come forward. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's very good. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. You know, listen, I want to just, here's, here's what we've been talking about. The Holy Spirit's leading in a direction. He's been, he's been actually leading them in a direction since last week, Wednesday. Since last week. We, he's been leading in a direction, and, and there, you're going to hear more about it here in just a little bit. But it has everything to do with what we're talking about right now, and that is exactly, that's an addition. You, you notice how, how the Lord had him come up and share the next part. I didn't know that story. I, that was a, that's, that's, that fleshes that's you know how do you explain spiritual things in a natural words well you just heard it it's with a picture why did why did jesus speak in parables why did he speak in stories because you can paint a picture with a story god's leading in a certain direction where he's going to he's moving us in a direction now here's the deal this, this morning will be the second time he's done this this week for, to us. We, we pray every uh, Wednesday with the RVFM, the pastors, the ministers. It's, it's a Wednesday prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, man, he took us right to the edge. I mean, literally, we could have crossed over and dealt with some things that we need to deal with spiritually. And it was like the Holy Spirit just said, okay, stop. And Pastor Jonah had a word. He says... He says, you could go in right now and deal with everything spiritually that you need to deal with that's going on with, with the organization, with the valley, with what's, what God's doing. He says, you 10, 12 people could do that right now. Or you can wait for the whole congregation to go with you. Because this isn't about 10 or 12 leaders. It's about the body of Christ walking in the fullness of the call. And I've said many times, and you've heard many times, and not just from me, from others, this, this move of God isn't about leaders. It's about the body of Christ. Now, the leaders need to know how to lead the body of Christ and how to wait and how to be patient and how to get... And, I, and I'm laughing. I, I don't know if you saw it. If anybody saw me right during that the end of that last song, I start losing. I start laughing because the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to take him right up to the edge and we're not going in yet. I was like, what? And I started laughing. And then Paul says, you know, have him come up. Nope, don't come up yet because it's not about this morning. Why does God do that? Why does God take your... Because there's an anticipation for what he wants to do. It's going to happen tonight. Just so you know, it's going to happen tonight. We're going in tonight. 
well, why can't we go in now? Well, because he wants to do it tonight. Okay, we'll go there. We'll wait. It's worth waiting. It's a good thing. So what's it about tonight? Because I felt like I was supposed to share a little bit about what's, what, what to expect tonight. So here's the, here's the reason we called, that, that I felt like we were supposed to have a worship night tonight, is we're running into, a, it seems like, we're, well, and the best way to say it is if we feel stalled. We feel like there's a number of things that are stalled. There's a, there, and, and it so, seems to be around the area of buildings. We're ready to start three churches. We're ready. I mean, we're set up. We've got the resources. We've got the finances. We've got the people. We're ready to go. It's like, but we're waiting on these physical buildings. And, and, and it's like, we've done everything we can do to get to that point. But it's like, we're waiting now. And every time we, we feel like, well, if we just push it, it, it'll happen. The Holy Spirit says, don't push it. Wait. And we were praying about it, and, and, and it kept coming up over the last few weeks of prayer with the, with the RVFM prayer. This is, this, this is a perfect example of spiritual warfare. But not like spiritual warfare that everybody usually thinks of. Because true spiritual warfare is worship. True spiritual warfare is worship. We're worshiping God. We're not yelling at the devil. We're not calling him names. We're not, you know, symbolically kicking him. We're not, what we're doing is we're worshiping Jesus. You know, in the Old Testament, many times the, the strategy was they were going out to fight an, a, 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 a foe that was too big for them to fight. And they prayed about it and the Holy Spirit says, send the worshipers out first. Why? Because they're expendable? No. <laughs> Because it's not about might. It's not about strength. It's not about power. It's not about how big and strong and how, you know, you can, you know, have all the tools. What it's about is Him. And when we just abandon everything and just worship Him, and just worship Him, and we just did. You felt, we, we, we were right there. And how do you, how do you go there? You just go in. You, you go in. And it's not just the men. It's not just the women. It's, not, it's everybody. When you go in, I'm so, so blessed that our young people are so involved, so a part of what's going on because, because they get to experience something I never got to experience at their age. I was much older when I, when, I, when I experienced the fullness, the depth going there. When you go into the Spirit of God, I mean, you have no idea. You have no idea unless you've been there. I can't explain it. But we can help you get there. Jamie can help you get there because Jamie goes there. She goes there all the time. She goes there and, and, I mean, I've walked into the building while she's just practicing. And I don't dare go in the room. Because she's there. So how do you get there? You follow them. They'll get you there. You follow the Holy Spirit. He'll get us there. You'll see tonight how to go there. Why do we need to go there? Because there's some things that need to be dealt with tonight. And we're not going to yell and scream and 
yell at the high places and the... No, we're not going to even mention the devil tonight. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to worship God. And we're going to go into his presence. And when we do, strongholds will fall. They will fall and they will fall hard. In one of the verses, I'll share it tonight. It says that it will be absolute, the yoke of bondage will be absolutely destroyed. Now when it, when it, when it, and there's the verse, I'll read the verse later and, or tonight. And that verse, when it talks about, it doesn't just mean broken. It says the, the word is used as broken, but what it means is absolutely obliterated. You are, it's unrecognizable. And that song is beautiful because that, that song, I'd never, that's a new song. I've never heard that song before. And it's not just the stuff we're bumping up against. The Holy Spirit's already told me that tonight there are going to be bondages broken over all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Family stuff. Medical stuff. Financial stuff. And you might not even have to mention it. You just, you go there in his presence and the, and the, the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing will destroy that yoke of bondage. Let him do it. Let him fight. So we're going to go there. We're going to go there tonight. But it's going to be tonight. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whew. I love God. Amen. All right. Turn with me to John chapter 16. So that uh, the worship night tonight begins at 6 p.m. And uh, if anyone can't be here, we've already heard from some people who can't. They're already on vacation and they, they missed it. You know, they missed it. Sorry. No, they didn't miss it. Uh, it will be videoed. It's not going to be for public. It won't. It, it will be by invitation only. But if if you're not able to come tonight, some people had to work, so on and so forth. Email. Uh, Pastor Greg sent out an email. What was the address they were spo- supposed to send it to? Anybody remember? Doesn't matter. Just email uh, Pastor Peter at at uh, rvcc.info or Pastor Greg. Don't email me because eh, I don't. I won't get it to him. But. <laughs> Pastor Greg at rvcc.info, video at rvcc.info. The Pastor Greg will get that. Just say, please send me the link. It'll be sent to you ahead of time. You can watch it. And I know there's some people that are watching online. If you do the same thing, if you, if you send that to them. Now, after the fact, it won't, it, it's, it's not, it'll be recorded, but it will never be put out for, for public. So, because tonight is family night. Tonight's family. Now, we have no idea what's going to happen. I don't want people to, in any way, shape, or form, be, you know, in, in, uh, holding back. Tonight's, you know, as we've talked before, you know, there's different kinds of meetings. And tonight's a believer service. Now, if, if an unsaved person happens in, they won't be by the time they leave. I can almost guarantee you. Because you get over into the presence of God. You get into, you get in, you, God starts moving at that level. They don't stand a chance. So if you want to bring somebody, tonight would be a night to... No, I'm just kidding. It's family night tonight. It's, it's, tonight's a believer's meeting. Amen? Amen. So that starts at 6 o'clock tonight. Send an email if you want to be 
a part of that MTC Ministry Training Center starting up here at the end of the month on the 30th. Uh, Pastors Brad and Gene will be back at the table answering questions. Anybody who has any last minute questions, want to sign up, so on and so forth. But the uh, uh, beginning of that is on the 30th and everything else the the uh, closers will share with you. Is that, uh, is that you this morning, sir? Or who, who's closing out the service? No, who is, who's doing that? Raise your hand so I know who to turn. Mark? Mark. Very nice. Mark will take care at the end at the, the announcements. Everybody to John 16, 13. That was a question? Ah, very nice. John 16, 13. We start here every week. We only have two more of these services, two more of these sermons left in this series. We've been teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we always start with John 16, 13. So it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will give glory to me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Then we go over to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, do not, I do not want you to be uninformed. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. And we're going to talk about working of miracles today, which leaves the gifts of healings for next week. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so we talked about these gifts of the Spirit. Now, why are we talking about the gifts of the Spirit? Because the more you talk about something, the more people understand. It's, it's a gaining of knowledge. It's, a, it's an understanding of how things work, how things, why things exist. But the more you talk about something, the more people think about it. And the more you think about it, the more you desire it, if it's something good. Now, actually, you could do it the other way, too. You could think about, start thinking about something that's not good. But you think about it long enough, you're going to go there. You know, the Bible says that if a person has, has ought against their brother, and they don't, you know, they don't re, you know, forgive that person, if they don't repent of that, and, and they forget, if they think on it long enough, they'll do something about it. They'll, they'll, it'll, it'll grow into hate, and it'll grow, eventually grow into murder. So, as long as whatever you think on, the more you think on it, the more it will happen, the more it will happen in your life. So the more we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the more that it is going to grow. I need a little bit of water. <coughs> a little tickle. It's going to get worse and worse, and finally I have to do it anyway. 
Brother Hagen in his books, The Gifts, The Holy Spirit and His Gifts, broke the gifts down into three categories. The first is the three revelation gifts, spiritual gifts that reveal something. The word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, and the word of wisdom. He also then said that there are three utterance or speaking gifts or inspirational gifts, spiritual gifts that say something, prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues or different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And then there are the three power power gifts, spiritual gifts that do something, the gift of faith, which we talked about last week, the working of miracles, which we're going to talk about today, and the gifts of healings, gifts of healings. So, you know, it's not the gift of healing. It's the gifts of healings. And you'll hear more about that next week. Last week, we talked about the gift of faith. And we said that the gift of faith is a supernatural faith. Actually, all the gifts are supernatural. All the gifts in every way are they're supernatural. It's not like you gain a bunch of knowledge and now you have a word of knowledge. No, it is something you do not know. You cannot know. It has no, nothing you've ever maybe even thought of. And all of a sudden you know something. You know something about somebody or you know something about a situation or whatever. And then you need to go, God, why did you tell me this? Why did I need to know this? And all, I always ask that. Why did I need to know this? Uh, just happened this last week. I was, I was dealing with something, uh, going through my life, and all of a sudden I knew something. I was like, okay, why am I supposed to know that? And I just, I just started going, God, what, what do I need to know? Why do I need to know that? It doesn't matter what it was. Um, but you just, why do I need to know it? And the Holy Spirit, as I, the more I sought him, you know, because he didn't give me the answer right away, the more I, I, I sought after him, all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay. Then I was able to pray. I was able to pray a certain way. Okay, then he gives you wisdom, what to do with it. These gifts many times work together. You know, you know some people think, well, I get one gift, and I have the gift of, and then that's the only gift I get, and, the, you know, and I've always had this gift, and God only operates in this gift in me. No. He gives gifts as he wills. I would say almost every one of these gifts I've experienced in my own life, I've, that God's given it to me in the moment that I needed it for whatever reason, whatever situation, at some point in time. Now, I was, I was actually thinking through it. The only one that I was thinking, you know, if there's any of them that I, I probably not ever operated in was the gift of miracles. What we're going to talk about today. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking through, you know, I haven't walked on the water yet. I haven't done this. And, and I, all week long, I'm like, okay, God, you know, in all of these teachings so far, I gave an example from the Old Testament. I'll give you a couple examples from the Old Testament. I'll give you a couple examples from the New Testament. Then I'll give you a personal experience. That way you can go, oh, I see how that relates. I can see how that would work in my life. Well, this week I'm, I'm, got, I'm working on this sermon. I'm getting all together and I have my Old Testament examples. I have my New Testament examples. I'm like, okay, we're going to get to the part where I have to give an example and I have no example you know, I've not, I've not walked on water, you know, I've not thrown a stick on top of the water and an ax head floated, or, you know, I've not done this and that. And all week long, I'm at, I was actually getting a little nervous. I was like, okay, I'm going to get to this part and go, ah, it never happened. You know, I don't know how it happens. And then over the last couple of days, the Holy Spirit said, well, what about that situation? Remember that? I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Well, that wasn't a big miracle. I mean, it wasn't like a cool miracle, you know. <laughs> Because everybody wants a cool miracle. 
Everybody wants to like, whoa, and they, want, they, and they want at least three other people to go, whoa, you know. <laughs> I would say most of the times where I've actually been a part of a, seeing a miracle, and I'm not talking about a healing, I'm talking about a miracle, I've usually been by myself. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? I'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But, so, the working of miracles. So, these things many times work together. Sometimes you have to have a, a God-given faith. Remember we said last week that, that the, uh, the gift of faith is, you might start out in faith, but then all of a sudden something changes. And you, you go from believing God can, and, and, or that God will, and you go right over into God's done this. It's a done deal. That's a different, it's a different level of faith. And many times you can't get there on your own. That's a God-given level of faith. But the gift of faith, because it, it, uh, the result of the gift of faith is many times a miracle. But the difference is the gift of faith versus the gift of miracles is that the gift of faith is a passive process. Meaning this. You're not calling something into being. You're believing something. And I gave the example of my wife. My wife was, was her body had shut down. She had given birth to my son. And my son's right over here. Just to let you know, you know, stand up, Ethan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was three pounds when he was born. So I... You may, thank you, buddy. Thank you, yeah. We're, you know, the doctor said, well, we're just going to have to wait to see if he thrives. You know, that will just... In, well, we're still waiting. Uh, we're still... But she had given birth and, and, and her body was shutting down and everything else. And I was praying, you know, I was praying, God, God, move on, you know, a miracle, so on and so forth. And I got to the end of myself. I literally did. And I said, God, here's the deal. I love you. you I know you love me. I know you love her more than I love her. I know you, your word is true. You heal, you, you restore, you know, I believe all that stuff, but I can't, I can't carry this any further. I'm done. But I trust you. When I prayed those prayers, all of a sudden peace filled me. Now, did I reach a level of faith where I, yeah, probably, but I also, it actually took me to a place where I, I was totally fine. Totally, went and took a shower, came back, and her body started working. So it's a more passive thing. I didn't, I didn't you know, reach over and say, that's it, you get out of that bed and pull her up, because that would be weird, all right? That'd be weird, but <laughs> there might be times when you do that, Smith Wigglesworth, Raised a bunch of people from the dead. One was his wife. And if I, you know, if I remember the story right, you guys probably read it more than I have. I think he raised her from, from the dead three or four times. in, in one Because he, he, he actually would pick up her body and put it against the wall and then say, live, and step away, and boom, body would fall. And then pick the body up again, put it again. That's active, okay? That's a working of miracles. <laughs> You're, a, you're active. You're, he put her up against the wall and said, you live, and let go, and she slumped to the ground. Did that a number of times, okay? I, I don't know that I would do it the first time, because you'd have to have a gift of faith to, get, to step over into that. That's a gift of faith. That isn't, you don't just work that one up. I still remember my grandma's funeral. I'm, you know, we'd gone to the wake the night before, not the wake, the visitation, and we're I'm, sitting, I'm standing in the back, and everybody leaves, and Debbie and I are the only ones. We walk up, you know, look at my grandma. She was a wonderful woman. She's the one that prayed me back into the kingdom. And we're standing there, and she goes, I think we can raise her from the dead. And I was like, oh, no, no, yeesh, you know. She had way more faith than I did at that moment. 
But you've got to have that gift of faith. But here's the deal. That's the active part. That's the working of miracles. So the, they work together. They happen together. But the, 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 the gift of faith is more passive where a miracle is active. You're involved. You're doing something uh, with it. A miracle, here's the definition that uh, Brother Hagen gives. The definition of what a miracle is, is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. That's a miracle. It is the supernatural intervention of God. God has to do something supernaturally above and beyond nature. He spends a lot of time in the book saying, you know, people will say, will look at a sunrise and go, wow, isn't that a miracle? And a sunrise is. I mean, you can't do it, you know. But that happens every morning. It is beautiful. You know, you see a baby born. Oh, she's such a miracle. Well, yeah, it's a miracle, but, you know, we know how that happened. Okay, we know how the baby got there. It's the natural order of things. It's when things are taken out of the natural. When, when it's like, that doesn't happen. That doesn't just happen. It takes it out of the natural and it becomes supernatural. Okay? So, the, let's just read it one more time just so you can hear it again. A miracle is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Every one of the gifts, every gift is miraculous. Every gift is supernatural. But not every gift is a specific miracle. Does that make sense? Does that sound, does that sound like too many words and going around in sentences? Let's just, put, let's, just, let's just say it this way. Is that it's all supernatural. But a miracle is, a, is an intervention in the natural world. I mean, something changes. And you, you, you're already thinking of all the examples. And I'll mention some of them. But they, it, is a, it is a supernatural intervention by God in the natural order of things. A word of, not, a word of uh, knowledge is supernatural, but you don't see anything change in the natural. Make sense? Healings are a miracle, but that's why there's gifts of healings. And not every healing, oh, see, not every healing involves two people. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you can lay hands on somebody and, and they get healed. But when we're talking about a physical, because the Bible defines it differently, because we're talking about a physical restoration of your body, they call it healings. It's still a miracle because you can't do it. You can't do it as quickly or as well or even possible. I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of all kinds. I had a, a person stop in here one time. They went to a church in town. I won't tell you which one it is. But they, go to, they went to a, a denominational church in town and they were told one night that miracles don't happen anymore. And the person got mad and called me up, called up the church. Pastor Gray goes, I think you want to talk to this person. I said, why? Because they're mad. <laughs> you talk to them. That's what, what I hire you for. You talk to the mad people. I don't need to talk to them. I said, sure, I'll take it. So she goes, this person comes on and she goes, do you believe in miracles? I was like, yes, I believe in miracles. Good, I'm coming over right now and I want to talk to you. I'm thinking, what? (laughs) Comes over and explains that bottom line, they were in a Bible study 
And they started to explain, oh no, God does miracles today. He's gonna, you know, and the, and the, the person said, no, shh, shh, shh. Don't say that. Because you don't want to get people's you know, expectations too high. Because God doesn't do that anymore. And she's like, what are you talking about? She goes, you can't tell me that miracles don't happen today. That God doesn't move today. She goes, when I was in junior high, she was at a, at a, a youth camp and at this youth camp, they were talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit. And they were, they've been hearing about the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of, of you know, all the gifts, all the, 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 the vocal gifts, the, 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 the revelation gifts, the everything. And they, got, they were talking about healings and miracles. And she said, they were all sitting around. The kids were sitting around in one of the cabins afterwards and went, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And the, one of the kids in the room was a quadriplegic. I'm talking to the woman who saw this happen firsthand. She goes, this young kid was a quadriplegic. He had been in a car accident two years before. His whole family was killed. And he was left a quadriplegic. And they were all like, well, who do we pray for? And everybody looked at him and said, let's pray for him. So all these kids took the word of God, went over, laid hands on her or him. Laid ha- the kids did, laid hands on him and he stood up out of the wheelchair. He not only stood up out of the wheelchair, the kid hadn't walked in two years. The next day, he was playing soccer on the soccer field with all the other kids. She goes, you can't tell me that miracles don't happen today. She says, I'm ticked. I said, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to submit to my husband. I said, yeah, take it back with you. Don't lose that. I mean, I wanted it would be great for her to be here, but at the same time, keep that... that, that Word, that testimony will change people's hearts. She saw it with her own eyes. The kid is still, as far as I know, as far as she knew, the kid was still walking. It it never lost that miracle. Miracles still happen today. But that that is outside of the natural order of things. Is that a, is that a gift of, gifts of healing? Yes. But it's also a miracle. Because that, that just... You know, and, and, and different, I've heard different people saying it. You know, to, to have a healing, especially to have somebody raised from the dead, you have to have the gift of faith working. You have to have the gift of healing because whatever they died of, they got to get healed of. And it's a miracle. So there's a bunch of gifts that are happening. And if the Holy Spirit gave you a word of, to do something specific, well, then a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom is involved. So, I mean, there's all kinds of gifts happening all at the same time. And it is given to each. Say each. each. All right. Let's just look at a few. 2 Kings 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning with verse 11. It's the story of Elijah, who was caught up in a whirlwind. His servant, Elisha. Knew about it ahead of time. God gave him a word of knowledge ahead of time. How do we know that? Because as he was following Elijah around, the prophets that they went and were visiting said, hey, Elijah, do you know your, you know your father or your, your, your boss? Do you know your father is going to be taken from you today? He goes, I know it. Stop talking. He knew what was going on. How did he know what was going on? Word of knowledge. The word of wisdom, God gave him a word of wisdom, don't leave his side. Stay with him the whole way. Because even Elijah at one point said, you can go now. 
He's like, no, dude, I want to be right there when this happens. Okay? So, first, or second Kings chapter 2, beginning with verse 11. It says, as they, as, And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water parted to the, to the one side and to the other and Elisha went over. That's a miracle. He worked a miracle. He took the cloak, he slapped the water, the water parted, he walked across. We see that all the time. I mean, we, we read in the Old Testament all the time. God was doing miracles. He was, you know, we know that Moses did it. He touched the, the water with the, with the staff. He walked down. They, when, they, when they crossed over the Jordan, uh, when the, the children of Israel went in, the priest went over with the, the ark. And as soon as they stood in the middle, it parted. As the, you know, we see a lot of parting of water. Why? Because that's supernatural. That's supernatural. I mean, years ago, I was watching some uh, arts and entertainment show. You know, if you watch them, I don't have that channel anymore. But they would have all kinds of explanations of the Bible. And they would talk about the parting of the Red Sea. Sounds miraculous. But we have found that there is a certain phenomenon that blah, 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 you know, explain it all away. There was an earthquake in somewhere else, and that caused the water table to blah, 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 blah. Well, that's fine. But do it on command. Say, now. Walk across on dry land. You get across, say, close, and whoosh. And remember what it said before, the Egyptians only got partway because their wheels got stuck in the mud. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. We hear, we hear about that all the time. The, I, I mentioned earlier the axe head floating. You know, an axe head was down, they threw something on the water, the axe head, the metal axe head floated. Supernatural. Not only supernatural, but above and beyond nature. We see that all the time. Jesus walked on the water. He changed the, he, he defied, he didn't change, he defied what we understand as the laws of nature. Because why? Because he's supernatural. Now, is there something? Someday, if we studied long enough, could we figure out, is there actually, you know, can it be explained, somebody walking on water? Maybe. I mean, maybe there is a natural explanation, but it's so far beyond us. It'll be far, so far beyond us. Because God says his mind, his, the way his thoughts are way beyond us. Far outside of the way we think. It's supernatural. It defies the laws of nature. Raising the dead. Raising the dead, somebody especially. Why did Jesus wait so long for Lazarus, once Lazarus died? He had been dead four days. He stinketh. That's right. And they had embalmed him. He had been embalmed. 
It wasn't like with Jesus, they had to hurry up and quick, put him in the, in the grave, and then they came back three days later. No, they did it right with Lazarus. He dead. And Jesus didn't show up for four days because he wanted to make sure they understood he's dead. And it's a miracle when he says, Lazarus, come forth, and he came out. And gift of faith, raising of the dead, miracle, and had to be healing because whatever he died, of, died from before, he didn't die from it again. As far as we know, maybe it was years later, but he didn't die from it right then and there. Miracles. Paul, when he was shipwrecked, there's a difference between uh, the gift of faith and the gift of miracles because when Paul was shipwrecked, remember when they were on the ship? We talked about this story a few weeks ago. It says that the storm blew out. He didn't stand on the deck and tell the storm to quit blowing, did he? No, they actually rode the waves in. They rode the storm into shore. They all lived, which is a miracle. But he didn't, he didn't actively say, storm live, you know, waves go down, uh, uh, everything pushes into shore. He just believed that whatever God said that would happen, that they were going to live and not die, that they would all get there. He just believed it. That was a gift of faith, and it happened. As opposed to what Jesus did in the boat, he stood up and he said, peace be still, and everything stopped. That's a miracle. That's a working of miracle. Passive versus active. All right. So I got to the point where, God, where, where in my life have I seen a miracle? And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of, okay. There was a time I, I, I spoke to the rain and the storms, and it stopped. But then your mind goes, well, was that just coincidence? Your head starts going, and, and you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was. But in Jesus' life, what, what the Lord showed me, look at the miracles in Jesus' life. And they were miracles. He fed the 5,000, right? That's a miracle. They had four uh, numbers, five loaves, three fishes, two fishes, Fed 5,000, had 12 baskets left over. That was a miracle. Then they fed, he fed the 4,000. Seven loaves, three fishes. And then, then he sends everybody away. He sends the disciples out in the water, and then he walks on the water. He walks on the water. That's a miracle. When you see these miracles, another miracle, turning the water into wine at the... At the, uh, the Marriage in Canaan. We were in Canaan a couple of years ago when we were on the Israel trip. And I said, hey, can we, go through, can we drive through Canaan? They said, there's nothing there. The city's modern. I went, no, I just want to be there, you know? I just want to be in that area. So we're driving, we just, we did. It was rainy, and so we just drove up, drove through the town, and came back. And, uh, you know, nothing there, you know, no archaeology, no, you know, proof or nothing there. But it was just cool to be in that area. And it was really cool. I got a, I got a picture of a, of a liquor store that says, uh, Wedding of Cana Wine, sold here. <laughs> I was like, it's still flowing. You know, it's still flowing 2,000 years later. <laughs> but the wedding, you know, turning water into wine. And it was not just any wine, it was the good stuff. Because they said, you're probably, wow, what, you hold out the good stuff till later. Because they didn't know what happened. But, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at now think about this, step back, because we always think, miracles. And it is. Jesus walking on the water, that's a miracle. Feeding of the 5,000, that's a miracle. 
The water into wine, that's a miracle. That's power. I mean, that's recorded in the Bible. That's cool stuff. Now take a step back with me. Because this is where the Lord took me. What was the miracle of turning water into wine? What was the miracle? What, what really happened there? They were at a party. Let's just take all the spiritual mumbo-jumbo out of the way for a second. They were at a party. And everybody drank all the wine. And the God of all the universe just happened to be at the wedding. And the God of all the universe who was at the beginning, who was at the creation, the God who nothing exists without his word, the God of all the universe, who the Bible says that, that in him everything has its being. If it, it, when he died on the, on the cross, do you realize that it said that the earth shook? Why is that? Because it says it's in him that everything's held together. He died and the earth went, whoa! Now praise God, it didn't. One day it will, but it didn't there. The God of all the universe is at a party. Don't try to spiritualize it. He's at a party. They run out of wine. And his mother says, do whatever he says. He goes, what? What do I have to do with this? She goes, do whatever he says. He goes, all right, take the, take the jars, fill it up with water, take it to the king, or take it to the Lord of the master, or the Lord of the, of the wedding. The guy dips in. They were thirsty, and he turned water into wine. His first miracle. You would think it'd be more spiritual than that. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, dude, don't go there. Don't mess with the theology here. Don't mess with me. It's what happened. It wasn't, it wasn't stars appeared in the sky, all rearranged into a sign that says, this is the Lord. No, he turned water into wine. They were thirsty. And he gave them the good stuff. What I'm trying to say is, it's common. It was a common thing. You know, he didn't call down fire from heaven as his first miracle. But it was a miracle nonetheless. Okay, let's move on because people don't like the whole wine thing. Okay, let's move on to the next one. The feeding of the 5,000. What was the miracle? They were hungry. And they didn't have enough food. And what you don't, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, when you read that story, he didn't, when they came to him and said that, he, he spoke to his disciples and said, what do we got, guys? And the disciples go, well, we got five fish and a few loaves of bread. He goes, go, take, it from the, you know, take it from the little kid. <laughs> and he, pro he broke it, prayed over it, said, now distribute it. Do you notice it didn't say that he stood up on the rock and says, I am now about to perform a miracle. Because that's what I'd do. <laughs> At least that's what I'd want to do. Because I want people to see this. He spoke to his disciples and he goes, hey guys, what do we got? Got some, got some fish, got some... Grab the fish from the kid, break it, send it out. The people in the front, 
I mean, there was 5,000, it says the feeding of the 5,000 men. We've said this before, wherever there's men, there's women. Wherever there's men and women, there are children. They, you know, in, the, in, in John 6, just a few things later, there's about 20,000 people following him. So there's a bunch of people out there. Maybe, maybe the first three rows of people heard him say, what do you got? Take some loaves. And they saw the first part. But I can guarantee you the people in the back didn't hear what happened. So when they got the food, they went, huh, they're handing out food. It was common. I mean, we think, now here's, here's why I'm saying all this, because I'll go through a couple more here just in a second. But here's why I'm saying it. We think a miracle has to be, wow! Look what just happened! That's amazing! Because we think that's what we want it to be. But when God performed miracles much of the time, the whole axe head floating for Elijah thing, somebody lost an axe and he goes, that was a borrowed axe, man. <laughs> well, here, we'll get it back for you. Threw a stick in, it floated, he grabbed it, it went back to work. It was a common thing. Now, the slapping of the water and millions of people walking across on dry land, okay, that's pretty cool. But we think that's the way all miracles need to be. Not all miracles are... And that's why I got to that point, I was, I was thinking about it, and the Lord kept saying, he goes, what were those miracles? What was that? Those miracles were common. They seemed common. To the people in the back, they went, huh, food truck showed up. They didn't know where it came from. Now you're going, well, maybe they did know. I, it doesn't record that. I don't know that they knew that. Okay, the walking on the water. Let's, let's do the walking on the water. I, I've already said this before. When we were in Israel, I tried to walk on the Sea of Galilee. I got wet. Just saying. But I had to try. Because you just when you're there, you do it. You just got to try. So the walking on the water. What was he doing? What, what was the whole idea of the walking on the water? What was, what was the huge spiritual reason that Jesus had to walk on the water and perform a miracle of walk? What was the big supernatural theological spiritual reason that he had to walk on the water and perform that miracle to get there yes to get to the other side why did jesus cross the galilee (laughs) to get to the other side yes don't look at me in that the theology or that uh super it was a transportation thing he just had to get there he had to get there. Why? Because he, he sent everybody off in all the boats, and he had to get there. Now, here's the cool thing. We were, in, we were in there. We were on the Sea of Galilee. We took the boat across. And they said, you know, and when you read the story, he would have left from this one place, and he, and he would have walked. Because where we left, it, we, the, the, where the feeding of the 5,000 was over here, or the 4,000, whichever one it was, was over here. And where they were going was up here. And if you don't know, if you've never been there, you think it was like 500 miles that they had to travel. Do you know how far from there to there was? Three miles. Three miles. And I'm looking at this geographically and I'm wondering, why didn't he take the road? (laughs) 
Why didn't he take the road? It was three miles. He could do it in a half hour, walking briskly. But oh no, because he could, he took the water route. He didn't have to, he just decided to. Why? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I could throw in, everybody could say, well, he wanted to show his disciples that, they were, that he was God. No, he actually tried to sneak around them. If you remember the story, it was the storm and everything was going nuts and all of a sudden they saw somebody walking on water and they thought it was a ghost and it freaked them out. And if, he, if they hadn't called his name and yelled when they realized who it was, it says he would have walked by them. Why? Because he's just going to the other side. Just going to get there. It was common. It wasn't, you know, I don't know, am I, am I getting, getting this across? I mean, yes, it was supernatural, but it wasn't for like these big grandiose reasons. It was because he needed to get to the other side. He, he did it because they were hungry. They did it they, he did it because they were thirsty. It was common everyday situations that God moved supernaturally on his and others' behalf. So when I got to that point, I'm, I'm meditating on this this week, and I was like, okay, what common everyday things have happened in my life that, you know what, that was a miracle? And immediately I thought of years ago, I was in, I was in southern Minnesota, and I was living in a, in a certain house, and I went home after work, and I tried all the doors, all the doors were locked. I mean, they were locked, because I wanted to get in. I tried the windows, because sometimes you, you, know, you leave the window open. I, try, I tried to get into that house, and I tried every single door to open, to try to get into that house. And I was like, oh, shoot. You know, and I, my keys, I didn't have the keys to the house, and I was like, now what am I going to do? So I went back up to the, it was a Youth for Christ office, was up about, oh, maybe a half an hour, or half a mile from, the, from where I was living. And I went back there, and I told the person, I said, yeah, my house, I, my, you know, I'm locked out. I'm locked out of my house. They said, did you try the back door? Yes, I tried the back door. Did you try the windows? Yes, I tried the I tried every single opening, trying to open. And I literally did. Tried every opening. And they said, well, let's pray. I said, okay. What good is that going to do? <laughs> I was young. You know, the doors are locked. It's natural. You know, it's not. So this person said, well, let's pray. And so I said, okay, pray. Go ahead. So that person prayed that God would supernaturally help me to get in that house. They said, okay, go back and try the door again. And I was like, whatever. I went back, put my hand on the front door, it opened right up and walked in. And you're going, oh, come on. That wasn't a miracle. Exactly. It's common. It's common. It's every day. You would think, well, if, it's gonna, if God's going to do a miracle, I mean, it's got to bring at least 50 people to the Lord. When he walked on the water, how many people came to the Lord? Well, maybe 12, because they were like, okay, you're God, that's it, we're in. But it is common, miracles are more, let's, let's not use the word common to make it sound less than, but it's, it happens all the time. It can happen all the time. And for reasons that you might think, well, that's not a big deal. How many have ever lost something? You've lost something and you can't find it. Can't find it. Many times, there's been a number of times where I've lost something and I can't find it. I cannot find it. And I'll just pray. I'll say, Lord, I really need that. 
I don't know where it's at. I don't know how it, I don't know where, I don't know anything about it, but I need that. And all of a sudden, really soon afterwards, I find it. I know a person, I won't use her name, it, she lost a, a set of keys. It wasn't her keys, it was somebody else's house keys. You know how that makes you feel. Somebody else's house keys. She lost these keys. And she, was, she looked for them for days, literally days. And she checked everything. She went through the car. She went through her house. She turned boxes upside down. She went through couch cushions. She went through the car again, cleaned everything out of the car and put it out in the, on, the, on the ground, went through everything. It started to rain. She put everything back in again. Went in back into the house, went through the house again, thinking, where's these keys? Went back out to the car. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go. Took everything out of the car again. Went through the whole thing, opening in, you know, the, the, the seats and underneath and, and cleaned out the glove compartment. I mean, cleaned out everything. Put everything back in the car. All the seat, co- you know, the, what do you call them? The covers, the seat covers off of, put, did everything. Goes back in the house and sits down and goes, oh, I lost somebody else's house keys. That's a horrible thing. Father, you got to help me. I need those keys. Got her stuff together, was going to go somewhere, walked out, opened the car door, and there they're sitting right on the, on, the, on the seat right in front of her. Oh, but the neighbor kid, he had them. He saw her going through and everything, and she he came over and threw them in the Come on. Well, that's not that big a deal. It's car keys or his house keys. That's a big deal. If it's a big deal to you, it's an axe head. It's a big deal to God. He he matters. Miracles don't, when when a miracle happens, don't go, well, that could have happened. Because that's what everybody does. And they dismiss miracles. Now, miracles can be big. Miracles can be amazing. Miracles can be food appearing on the table where you didn't have any food before. Well, God doesn't do that. Really? Really? I've heard of many stories. People in dire need, they, they had no food. You ever read the book by, uh, what's his name, the, the guy with the orphans? and George Mueller. George Mueller. They lived on miracles. They had no money and they were feeding all these orphans. They would start out the morning. They would all sit down at the table with no food. nothing, not, And they would pray, God, thank you for the provision you've given us today. And many, 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 many times, you read his, his biography, many, 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 many times they would pray that. There would be a knock on the door and somebody would go, hey, my wagon just broke out down outside. I've got all these loaves of bread. Can you guys use them? Miracle. Well, no. It came from Bob down the street. He's a, he's a baker. Well, Okay. Milk, milk wagons would break down, bring in all their milk. But many times, money, the exact amount of money they needed for that day. Somebody walk in and go, I don't know why I'm giving you this, but here you go. People they never even knew would send letters from other parts of the world. I don't know why, I don't even know you. You don't know me, but I'm, I'm sending you this. That's a miracle. Those are miracles. Well, yeah, okay, well, they, they, they saw it in a magazine. No, there were no magazines back then. They saw it on TV. No TV. Miracles. If you're ever in a situation, Lord wants me to tell this story. There was a woman who was in a concentration camp in Japan. She was a Christian missionary and been, had been arrested. She was because she was a spy. 
They put her in solitary confinement. She's sitting in solitary confinement. She, was, she, said, she said she was feeling sorry for herself. And she looked out her window. There was a little bit of a window. She could look out and she could see a banana bush across the, the, the open uh, courtyard of this, of this prison. And she saw somebody reach through a, a slat in the wall, reach through and grab a banana and, and pull it back. And she was like, oh, Lord, I would love to have a banana. Because all they were feeding her was gruel. I'd love to have a, a banana. And then she said she felt guilty. She's like, Lord, you've supplied for me. They, they give me gruel. And I don't want to be selfish. Lord, I'm so sorry I asked for a banana. And then all of a sudden she hears footsteps coming down the hallway in the prison. And she's like, oh no, they're coming to beat me again. And all of a sudden she hears the clanking of the, of the keys on the door. And she's like, oh no, they're coming to my room. And the door opens up and it was the guard who would come out and, and beat her. And he's looking at her and he scowls and he reaches behind and he throws on a whole bunch of bananas. Slams the door and walks away. Okay, that's a miracle. But why? What, what supernatural, big, huge, amazing thing was it for? She was hungry. And she wanted some. God is bigger than our excuses. Expect miracles. Expect God to move. Amen?